This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the 343 Podcast. This is another installment of Two Minutes Uninterrupted. On these episodes, coaches are given two minutes to discuss their coaching philosophy and their ideas about the game. After that, we talk about the topics they touched on, and I try to help them extract at least one gold nugget that you can leave with. The guest on this episode is Jason Tenner. So a big thank you to Jason for coming on the show. You can connect with him on Twitter by searching at Coach10ER. That's Coach10ER, as in Coach Tenner. And if you enjoy these quick episodes and you are looking for more that are, and if you enjoy these quick episodes that talk about coaching philosophy and methodology and those types of things, and you are an ambitious coach that is looking for a powerful and proven coaching education program, go check out the 343 Premium Membership. It's a program that has been successfully implemented by coaches of all levels, including the Development Academy, high school, and college. David Copeland Smith, the founder of Beast Mode Soccer, is in his sixth year as a 343 member. He said, honestly, it's worth 10 times the yearly membership. You're not investing in the drills. You're investing in your education, a proven methodology, and a phenomenal community of progressive coaches, end quote. The premium membership program gives you 24-7 access to videos, ebooks, and audio recordings that help you learn the 343 philosophy and methodology. You can learn more about the benefits of the 343 Premium Coaching Membership Program by visiting 343coaching.com. All right, let's get into it. I hope that you enjoy this episode of Two Minutes Uninterrupted with Jason Tenner. Jason. Hey, John. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing great. Doing great. Good. Uh, you ready for this? Yeah, I think I am. All right, cool. So first two minutes will be uninterrupted. You'll get a chance to talk about your philosophy or your mm-hmm. ideas on coaching the game, whatever whatever you feel like uh, spending that two minutes on. I'll give you a warning at about 30 seconds. That'll let you know that you've got about 30 seconds to, to wrap everything up. And if you're still going at two minutes, I'm going to jump in and cut you off. Okay. Uh, after that, let's talk about it for about 10 minutes and see, uh, see what we can see, see what we can extract for the listeners. Sure. I've uh, practiced it and edited it down. I have a seven page <laughs> philosophy, so I had to trim that to two minutes. So it wasn't easy. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, and let's uh, let's go ahead and go for it. So here we are with uh, with Jason Tenner. So two minutes uninterrupted. All right, ready, go. <laughs> yep. All right, thanks. All right, so I'm going to outline my philosophy based on the four pillars of soccer: physical, technical, mental, and tactical. I'll list the four pillars in order of coaching influence, from least influence to most influence. First is the physical pillar. Coaches have almost zero influence over this pillar, perhaps five to ten percent. Athleticism is primarily based on genetics, upbringing, and specialized training. However, coaches can help players to best utilize their own personal athleticism on the soccer field. Next is the technical pillar, because I believe coaches have far less influence on this than most people think. I know this will be controversial, but I'm comfortable with that. First, we have to recognize skill and technique are different. Players are responsible for 90 to 100% of their own skill development. Now, coaches can influence technique, 
but probably only 20 to 30% or so. And this is an extremely nuanced consideration. Third is the mental pillar. This pillar is mostly based on a player's personality, upbringing, and life experiences. A coach is anywhere from zero to 65% influence. We must always remember we coach people, not soccer players. Last is the tactical pillar. Coaches have by far the most influence on this pillar. We absolutely shape the way players see the game and nothing is more important. In the end, coaches guide a player's tactical viewpoint anywhere from 50 to 90%, and this occurs on the first day of soccer. These considerations combine to produce my personal philosophy. The way we speak, the words we choose, the activities we model, and the system of play we develop guides a player from day one. We are always imprinting the vision of the game on their souls. We play out of the back. We manipulate space. We are masters of our positions, and we exploit the other team because of our intelligence. 30 seconds. We are organized... In- Oh, yes. We are organized and disciplined in the defensive third. We are fluid, structured, and balanced in the middle third. And we are expressive and conceptual in the attacking third. We are animals. We are warriors. We will win or we will force you to go beyond yourselves to beat us. All this is done through culture and a core set of activities. I have nine core activities, all with deep progressions. Every single concept we want to incorporate from positional nuance to pressing choreography to green, yellow, red zone concepts. The fundamental possession technique is ingrained in these activities and progressions, and we can utilize these activities from when players are five years old through ding, the ding, end ding, of their ding, soccer ding, career. Ding, 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 Just in time. <laughs> I let you go a little bit, a little bit over, but I knew you were yeah, getting close you. to wrapping up. Um, yep. Cool. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, you mentioned that you had seven pages written out, and you condensed it to two minutes, so that was probably like three yes. paragraphs. <laughs> That's about yeah, yeah. Double space, big font. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, well, do me a favor. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell people who you are, where you are, and what level you're coaching. Sure. Uh, my name is Jason Tenner. Uh, I was born and raised in New Jersey for 30 years, but I now reside in upstate New York. So uh, I played soccer in the late 80s and 90s in New Jersey, which was one of the premier states at the time. Um, but it was very different than soccer is today. Now I coach um, varsity girls soccer at the high school where I'm an English teacher. And then I'm also the director of coaching for the largest town club in this area that's kind of trying to make the move to more of a premier branch. And I coach all levels, uh, both boys and girls side, but primarily girls side. Um, and yeah, that's about it. That's cool, man. You mentioned uh, you grew up in New Jersey in the 80s and, and 90s. That was like the soccer hotbed. That was like the mecca of soccer back then. Oh, absolutely. American soccer. Yes. yes. That's cool. I just interviewed a guy named Kirk Riddell, and he's mm-hmm. he's from New Jersey. And, and him, okay. him and a buddy both work in Hollywood now, but they just mm-hmm. – they have like a passion project where they're – or they, they went and made a documentary about the soccer scene in Kearney, New Jersey, and it's oh, God. To, scheduled to come out soon, so <laughs> it should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, – my club team lost two state championships to Kearney teams. Ah, so, wow. Yeah. yeah, I know that well. <laughs> Rivalry. Perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to I wanna get back to, to something that you said, and I really, I, I, I really liked uh, the very end, like what you were getting at towards mm-hmm. the end, and, and you mentioned some yeah. stuff that just means uh, – it means a lot to me because it's not the words or it's not the, the descriptors that you hear in typical mm-hmm. American soccer, but you describe things like ant, like we're animals. Um, mm-hmm. if, if it, or like we want to win, but if, if we don't, we're going to force you, like we're going to force you to win. If, if right. we're not going to win, like you, you are going to have to go above and beyond yourselves if you want to beat us. So I just, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that, you know, that's an interesting take. So I want to kind of pick that apart. When, when did those thoughts start to enter your, your coaching philosophy? 
Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I think it stems a little bit from my playing personality as well, because I was always the uh, center back and the enforcer. So I kind of had that mentality on the field. What I always found difficult, and when I first started coaching soccer, I had such hubris. I thought, I, you know, because I played at a pretty high level at the time, I would be able to impart that on my players. And I found that not to be the case at all. <laughs> so I think I was floundering for a good, I've been coaching 16 years. I was floundering for a good eight years until uh, fortuitously I've stumbled upon 343. <laughs> and nice. that model and that language spoke to me and that was able to allow me to develop the language and culture um, to use words like animals and warriors and to have that mentality and to be able to draw that out at least to a certain extent from my players as well. But it's not always as successful as I'd like it to be. No, of course it's, I mean, there's always going to be ups and downs, wins and losses and things like that. But that's, I think that's the important part of having a philosophy or like a North star to kind of guide you and all the decisions that you make and, and keeping everything moving in, in a direction that you want, not necessarily the mm -hmm. right direction, right? Like, cause right, right is uh, subjective, but the, the direction mm -hmm. that you want. And so having something like a seven page philosophy that guides all the decisions that you're making is very important which is um, Agreed. part of part of the reason why I wanted to kind of do this this exercise with coaches which I think is pretty fun. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. At what point did you start to to write that seven-page document or or was it longer before was it shorter are you adding are you subtracting what what's the what's the life of that document like? I think it started out at about two pages so I would definitely say I added to it as it goes along. Um, and it's for the players and the parents, but also for myself, too. I find a lot of value revisiting that from time to time. Um, I, I would say I started, I started crafting that philosophy when my vision started to solidify. Um, and that was about the time, again, that I really started diving into the 343 curriculum. Um, and I did it in an effort because I found it a, quite a struggle, especially where I live currently, to to get other people to view soccer the way I view soccer. It's almost like I'm speaking a different language or seeing a completely different event um, when I attempt to do that for parents and for players and for other coaches. And that's been a real struggle. So I found that writing it down, um, trying to solidify it, trying to extract really the core of the way I view things um, was an incredibly important process. And that's helped a little bit. Have you noticed that you have to you have to sometimes craft your thoughts in a way that fits their language in order to get your point across? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I'm always modifying the language I utilize with whomever I'm speaking to, whether it's other coaches, whether it's um, parents or players. I find, and the most frustrating thing for me is that many people like to speak in cliches and uh, they just don't mean anything or they mean something different to everyone. The whole touches on the ball, comfort on the ball, winning versus development. That's all just meaningless really to me. So I try to use words that and terms and senses that speak more directly. Like um, I'm going to probably kill his last name, but your podcast with John Kokoris. Yep. That's right. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Here's one where um, players can smell your conviction. Yep. I mean, that is just, that to me spoke volumes and that's the kind of language I want to use with people so that they understand exactly where I'm trying to portray and what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. Language to me in, in the soccer world is very interesting. You see, I mean, mm -hmm. the example that's on my mind only because it's, 
we're, we're watching it play out right now with the U20 World Cup and people are writing yep. their their thoughts and, and whatever mm-hmm. about the players. But grittiness is a word that keeps being used to describe um, Alex Mendez. And, oh, yeah. And people are saying that he's not gritty. It's like, well, f- fucking define gritty. Like, what do you mean by mm-hmm. gritty? Like, that's such a that's such a weird way to describe a, a midfielder. Like, it's, it's almost <laughs> immeasurable. And right. so people are able to throw words around, cliches around, phrases yes. around that don't mean anything. There's no, there's no substance to that word to, in my, right. in my opinion. And, and they use that as a way to, uh, to, to, um, seem like they know something or seem that they're mm-hmm. like, they're smarter or like they understand it better. And, and so they, they, you get like this mishmash of words and, and it really is just word soup. And, and Oh, absolutely. So that, that's something that I, I'm very, uh, uh, I don't know what the right way to describe it. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm conscious of it when I'm talking mm-hmm. with parents or with players. And it sounds like you are too. Like you have to be conscious of the, the, the phrases and the words that you're using. So I feel like that's important. And as an English, te- yeah. English teacher, is that what you said you are? That is correct. Yes. Okay, so that makes sense then too. <laughs> right. I mean, the first term I, time I heard a protagonist used with soccer was uh, something with three, four, three. I was like, yes, that works. That's, that's the terms we should be using. Yep. So that that was exciting. Yeah, and, it, uh, I I remember I remember a Twitter interaction. I think it was Brian. What's his last name? Shredda. I think I think uh-huh. it was him. I always botch the the people that I refer to. I just kind of lump everybody into one big American soccer media, right. post, which is my fault. <laughs> um, but I think it was Brian Shredda that said, um, "Yeah, we don't have an American protagonist like that. That protagonist mm-hmm. doesn't exist in American soccer." And I was like, "It." absolutely does it's just you, right like you guys don't use that word you guys mm-hmm. you guys use words like hardworking and gritty and, right. and and things like that to describe uh blue collar you guys use things like that to describe teams you guys don't use yep. protagonist and that's used all over the world all over the world right. yeah oh i had that conversation with the coach the other day because he was claiming a player didn't have desire oh, out of the off. field and, <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like well what do you mean by that how are you measuring that how can you tell like it's just yeah those kind of terms frustrate me um i think there was one that uh i think gary was just getting into about delegate or was it it might have been you on twitter somebody was no it was the term delegate yeah yeah and and it was somebody that's inside of u.s soccer that asked Mm -hmm. what do you mean by delegate it's like well right like that's that's a very that's a very uh um a very precise term like you mm-hmm. like you delegate what is happening in in the role of the six and then that was the mm-hmm. the position that they were they were talking about like the six delegates right. the the tempo of the game they 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 de- absolutely they delegate what side of the field we're going to play on more uh than the mm-hmm. other they they delegate whether we're going forward or backward they delegate whether we're we're stopping or or we're going full speed and, mm-hmm. and it's like how how do you not understand what that means and, but right. pe- but people don't because they get distracted by um, the things like uh, gritty or uh, yes. hardworking or mm-hmm. um, like, oh yeah, this, this player is on the ball a lot. It's like, well, right. what is that? <laughs> like that's, that, right. that's not a good measure. So exactly. Yeah. yeah and, those, and the terms like protagonist and delegate, that's what we should be using with Mendez and not these nebulous terms that mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. No, 100%. I think you just got this episode bumped up to, uh, to tomorrow <laughs> because it's important. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Mission um, achieved. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I'm struggling right now. Like this is, this is my struggles. I don't want this new like podcast series to turn into like this big three, four, three, uh, circle jerk type thing. And, and sure. but, 
but you, what the points that you're making are also very, very important points. And it's, and it's stuff that means a lot to us. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously it's stuff that we go to war for because there are other voices in the American soccer landscape that are absolutely, you know, just, just using their platforms to, to thrash us and people like us. And there's many, there's many right. people that are, that are, um, that are in the same realm as us that are, are trying to progress the the country and trying to do things a different way. And you have mm-hmm. these, these people that have a big, huge megaphone that are standing on top of the highest, highest pedestals in American soccer. And mm-hmm. they are just spewing the wrong information. And, and it's like, it's very hard to, to sit and bite, uh, uh to bite our tongues. It's very hard right. to do that. Um, but mm-hmm. in some regards, it's, it's also the right thing for us to do and let the, let these other people, say or do whatever they want to say or do it's 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 a weird sure. line that you got to walk um, yeah i mean this is what is worth talking about and worth discussing i mean it's a war on the field and off the field too so that's why we love it so much 100 <laughs> percent, man um on on that note like the 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 political side of of mm-hmm. soccer exists at the top level but it also exists mm-hmm. at the very bottom too and it's something that's always interesting mm-hmm. to me and, and i don't i probably don't talk about it as much as i should but um you you mentioned something that's kind of in that realm where you had a hard time getting people or finding people that saw the game or talked about the game the way that you do. Um, right. How how were you able to kind of do that dance and how were you able to get yourself into a spot where now it sounds like you 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 have a pretty influential position position within your club or within your area. So how were you able to finally lock that down? Some days I feel I have influence and some days I don't. So it really depends. Um. You know, it's been it's it's a daily dance uh, to borrow your term there, and I'm always finding myself changing the rhythm, the tone of how things work. But I almost find myself translating what I'm seeing into a common denominator. For instance, um, for a good six or so years, I've instructed any parent whose uh, child I coach to stop worrying about score or the wins or losses and to start counting passes. And the formula I use is basically add up the age group. So like a U12, one plus two is three. Add another one, we have four. You should be seeing four pass sequences 20 or plus times a game. And I want you to tell me how many times you saw four pass sequences, five pass sequences, so on and so forth, and count both teams. And it helps to change the framework, to change the schema they're viewing it through. And that has helped for the most part. It's not perfect, but it's a good entry into that conversation, into changing someone's viewpoint of soccer. Uh, it's it's really it's really important man i i remember one of the first blogs that i wrote when it when I, it must have been like 2010 or 2011 and i wrote a post called four is the magic number and at the time mm-hmm. my, i was in i was in college or pretending like i was in college and um, mm-hmm. and my friends were like we would play this trick on people and i play this game with people four is the magic number so you say a number mm-hmm. And then four is always the magic number, like five. So five is four, okay. four is a magic number, which is basically like there's four letters in five. So you just, you, right. you whatever, like 10, 10 is three, three is five, five is four. So it always comes gotcha. back to four, right? And I use mm-hmm. that as the analogy that four is the magic number. And, and if you can, if your teams can connect four or more passes, um, right. then, then, you know, something is actually happening or something is probably happening and teams right. and, 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 and four seem to be the magic number where things would either break down. Like if they couldn't mm-hmm. get to four passes, it means that something was happening before that and things were breaking down. Or if they were mm-hmm. getting more than four passes, something was going incredibly right. And, right. and so I used like that, that, um, 
that phrase four is the magic number for for a few years and and mm-hmm. it was so funny because just uh, I, at some point either right after that or right around that i i started to see that you know five was was the measuring stick that uh, other coaches were using <laughs> right. so i was like oh like i'm right. onto something cool um yeah but it sounds, absolutely it, it, it is something that that you know it's a good way for parents to kind of measure what's actually happening mm-hmm. on the field is there are there thoughts happening are, are players doing things on purpose or is it right. just is it just a kick that bounced into another area that then got crossed in and deflected off somebody and then it went in the goal? Um, yes. So it, I, I like that the that, that you're using that. When uh, yeah. When did you start using that? Uh, I'm gonna say about six or seven years ago. And we call it the plus one philosophy because it it's able to travel with players as they age up. That's cool. And to get back to your point about purpose. Um, Right. That's what we try to stress is that once you hit that four or five pass sequence, now you have purpose and intent, which means players are actually thinking and aware and cognizant of how the game is actually played. And that matters more than anything else you see on the field. 100%, man. It's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I need to get you back on here for a full like one hour chat. I'd be love to do that. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, I'll I'll text you after this and we'll schedule it because I feel like we can get into a lot more. But I want to keep these episodes short and sweet for people. Sure, of course. So, um, where where can people find out more about you? I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if you if you write a blog or have a YouTube channel or or your other social media channels. What you're posting on there? I just know you from Twitter, but where can people yeah. where can people connect with you? Uh, I mean, they're more than welcome to email me. Um, or I, I'm on Twitter, but. I'm pretty old, so I'm still getting used to social media. <laughs> so when you did that the other day, I was like, ah, let me take a chance. Let's uh, <laughs> let's see if I can do this and swing this. But yeah, Twitter's fine. I'm I'm always on there looking. I, I just lurk. I don't really post much. That's cool. Uh, what is the what is the Twitter handle or what is the email? That is a great question. Uh, Twitter, I believe, is at Coach One Zero ER, which is just basically my last name, Tenor. Oh, got it. Got it. Cool. And actually, my Gmail is the same thing, coach10er at gmail.com. So at coach10er, and then email is at, or sorry, not at, <laughs> email <laughs> is coach10er at gmail. Yep. Perfect. You got it. Jason, uh, I really appreciate your time, man. And, and absolutely. I've, uh, I've had a, I've had an eye on your, uh, on your Twitter timeline the last couple of weeks. Um, and, <laughs> and I, I enjoy the stuff that you're posting and retweeting and, and saying, so. Uh, I'll try to do a little more of it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're <laughs> you. You said that you don't have a lot of influence, but I think that I think that you can have a little bit more, and I think that you would enjoy uh, enjoy having a little bit more interactions on Twitter. So I hope people reach out to you and engage with you. Challenge accepted. Cool. Uh, all right, man. Let's uh, let's go watch some Europa League. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Later. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. 
the program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review. And I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.